It's Saturday, October 30th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. This is the bonus episode I mentioned earlier in the week. This is apropos of nothing. No stock talk, no investing, just me and a couple of friends getting together outside. You're going to hear the wind pick up now and then, sirens. I think a helicopter went overhead at one point. You'll hear it. Unless you don't want to. We'll be back to the stock talk on Monday. Don't worry about that. But, uh, you know, what are we talking about this time? Eh, a lot of the topics you emailed us. So thank you for sending them in. We have a food related Mount Rushmore that we discuss, notable robots in TV and movies, you know, important stuff like that. Like I said, we'll be back Monday with investing news, business news. But for now, if you just want to hang out with us for a while, pull up a chair, get yourself something to drink. And thanks for spending a little time with us. We got a lot of email from listeners about uh, different topics. Um, and, you know, Mount Rushmore of European food. But before you get to that, okay. not to play into a stereotype here, but if I could take us on a quick tangent. Of course. Uh, <laughs> So there was. How do you tangent from having not even started? Well, he had started. He wanted to go somewhere, and I'm he, he, going he has, to a different he place. He has those kind of next level skills. <laughs> this is wow. Watch and, and learn. We've gone straight Watch to learn. We've gone straight to BC calculus level. Uh, so uh, back in the day, uh, once upon a time, you got an email uh, which you shared with me, and one of the listeners was. Uh, concerned or confused right. that I seem to be mad at you right. based on their listening of the podcast that we had cut. I, I'm paraphrasing, but I think the email may have been something along the lines of, is something wrong with him? Because he really seemed mad at Chris. <laughs> and to address whether something would need to be wrong with you to be mad at Chris. Right. <laughs> no. Something should be wrong with Chris, at least. I mean, the connection is, no, they don't need to be related. Is there something wrong with me? I'll leave that to everyone to decide yeah. for themselves. But uh, back in the day, we used to work in a little group together and, uh, and would cite as sort of the hallmark of the interaction uh, affectionate hostility. And so the the listener who might have been a long-time listener, and maybe I was just going beyond the realm that I usually go in my hostility, affectionate, I guess, <laughs> toward you, uh, that, that was where, it was, let's just say it was my mistake for, for miscommunicating the affection that, that was behind the hostility that I'm sure was there. Oh, yeah. No, it was definitely there. Oh, yeah. We're going to return to that throughout the course of this episode. I think we probably will. Yeah. Um, so, uh, let me just touch on two email that we got, uh, two potential topics. One from Richard Smith, who... Wait, the Richard Smith? Eagle uh, River Richard Smith? I, I, maybe. I, I'm, I'm assuming it's a, a Richard Smith. A just an alias. We all know right. several Richard Smiths. Yeah. They're, they're, they're all CIA. Um, who asked, if you could change one moment in pro sports, what would you change? What is sort of the greatest moment in pro sports that you would change? And being a longtime uh, Red Sox fan, uh, my first thought was like, oh, you know, there are definitely some... <laughs> You know, Bucky, thousands, Bucky thousands, not thousands, <laughs> but there are some. There are some. But then we got another. We got another email. Uh, longtime listener PT Lathrop, who threw out, "Hey, if you're going to record this close to Halloween, which we are, how about a round of buy, sell, or hold? Only it's Halloween theme. So, buy, sell, or hold zombies. Buy, sell, or hold witches, vampires, werewolves, that sort of thing. And so, 
uh, I mentioned a few of the email to you, and your reaction was, hey, let's combine them. Yeah, yeah. And make it, what's the greatest pro sports moment you would change, but it has to involve werewolves, zombies, vampires, or witches. Yeah, I, I, it seems like uh, that's what these two um, listeners meant to get to. They would have wanted it. They, they, probably, they would have wanted it this way. It was they like a, they it, just didn't find each yeah, other. Yeah, it was like a yeah. tweet. Like they thought they were restricted to 140 characters, So they, but I think they were of one mind on yeah. this, and as are we. And uh, so... I think what I would change would be, of course, when the the Yankees were up 3-0 on the Red Sox, game four, uh, bottom of the ninth, and uh, uh, Rivera's pitching. And um, I think if we've learned one thing from movies, it's that your sports abilities improve once you're a werewolf. Uh, this was, <laughs> this was shown, true. Uh, Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf. And, yeah. and Teen Wolf 2, the lesser known, but more mockable uh, of the two. And so I think if it might be the case that you just needed Rivera to be a werewolf um, for that half inning. If not, maybe all the Yankees. I don't know. Um, but uh, they would have been too dominant if they were. If they all became werewolves and none of the other major leaguers got to be. First, there would be a whole like steroid. There'd be an investigation. So probably yeah. keep it to Mariano. Um, and there's no way the Yankees don't win. Yeah, if, I think if he's, he's a werewolf. He's closing out the game. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then the Yankees, uh, you know, dominance con- continues. Uh, and boy, another couple of years. Like, are you immortal if you're a werewolf? He could still be pitching. You're undead. I, is that the, that's no, not the same as no, immortal? No, no, I don't no, think no. you are. Vampires are undead, aren't they? Are we already hitting right. our limits? Of, Apparently. Yeah. So American Werewolf in London, the first, the, the two friends, right? The yeah. first guy was killed. He was undead. Although attacked by a werewolf, he did not himself become a werewolf. Right. He was killed and became undead. So I think what you have to do is be mauled but not killed, and then you then you get to be a werewolf. Well, those are the werewolf rules. There are there are plenty of others. American werewolf in London rules. Yeah, which that's, I think that's apply. true. Yeah. That's true. Maybe to go with the first part of this, that may have to be excised out. I think that the obvious sports moment that's going to be improved by the addition of a witch or some sort of undead is the Tanya Harding Nancy Kerrigan moment. When if Tanya's a witch, oh, if she's a spellcasting witch. That, to me, that becomes... First of all, she doesn't get caught, probably. She may be a clumsy witch. She may still trust the wrong people. Shane Stant may still be a bumbling human as he was in real life and helped her with her adventure somehow. But, I mean, you're using your one opportunity to change a moment in sports to get Tanya Harding a gold medal? That's where you're going. You're you're on the side of Are we evil not saying rather that than she, the side of good, as I was. The I think he's on the side of entertainment. I'm on the side of entertainment. Oh, well, I was tr- trying to take both. I'm well, also I'm also on the side of entertainment, which is why um, <laughs> when the Yankees and the Mets played each other in the World Series, a World Series in which. 49 and three quarters of states did not watch or care about. I mean, New York City cared about it, but uh, you, you can't tell me like people, uh, you know, in Buffalo and Albany were like, "Oh, good, good. In the yeah, second, no. Yankees winning their third World Series in a row was not uh, a moment that everybody cherishes." Let you me tell you imply. what. Let me tell you what helps the uh, the ratings there. Uh, both teams are zombies. Both teams are zombies. <laughs> both teams are zombies. Well, I challenge you on that. Okay. Uh, as we know 
from watching really anything. Zombies d can't really move very well. They're not athletic. I mean, they're unstoppable, but they don't do they, like. Do we I have to get rid of the infield fly rule? I don't think. I don't think there's ever a strike thrown. Like I don't think the zombie pitcher. I think you're stuck in the top of the first. The guy's just throwing ball. Like he's not even making it to home plate. Is what I'm seeing. I would still watch more of it than I did of the actual World it's Series. It's still going on. It's still going on. And it's like, the second just, inning. You know, and when they say to you know walk, it's really it's a shambles from you know home That's plate true. to first. And I mean, it's just it's not entertaining at all. What do you think? Uh, okay, so I'm a little bit. Younger than you guys, as we wow. as we know. Wow, that was so relevant. we're not going to go back. <laughs> was... Speaking of hostile, <laughs> we're not we're not going to go back very far into sports history here. Uh, I want to talk about the Tuck Rule game. Oh, okay. okay, well that's uh, older than the 2000 series. Uh, I no, it's 2001. One, uh, one mm. right? Yeah, not in zombie okay. years. Well. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> She's so young, he can't remember 2000. But I, 2001 is entrenched. I don't know what sort of monster that we would have to turn um, Tom Brady into uh, to make this stick. Perhaps a mummy? I don't know. I'm not sure. But the Tuck Rule game, I think, was a complete miscarriage of justice. And uh, when, when Tom Brady... Uh, fumbled that ball, which I would argue was an actual fumble and not some sort of strange, incomplete pass, uh, then uh, I think that changed the course of history in a very bad way. And it opened up the Patriots dynasty uh, that lasted up until, uh, you know, last year. <laughs> uh, so I, I think that if, if there's any, any sports thing I could change, I think I would probably go for the tuck rule game, which I believe would put the, uh, uh, the, the, the Oakland Raiders in the uh, Super Bowl. Let me, let uh, me, or would have put them in the AFC Championship game. Let, yeah. let me okay. offer an, an improvement, I think, okay. which is to do that, um, the problem was not the refs or Tom Brady. The problem was the guys that wrote the rules, you know, the lawyers. Right. Because when, <laughs> because when, when, you, when you got right down to it, it and they explained it, it's like, uh, the refs aren't making the wrong call based on this awful rule that needs to be changed and should never have been written the way that was written the first time. So what okay. if the lawyers are the victims of this zombie and or you know monster oh attack. so like so like the lawyers were like presiding over a situation where they yeah. had cracked open a mummy's tomb or something and then the curse oh, yeah. of the mummy came for them and not Tom Brady though I, I'm sure that a lot would be of less fun for you. A lot of listeners out here would probably enjoy Tom Brady being the victim of the curse of the mummy. <laughs> that is okay. Uh, an infinite amount of lawyers getting attacked by mummies or or, or zombies or Tom Brady. Who you voting for? You know, I don't have anything specifically against Tom Brady myself. So lawyers. So lawyers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I get where you're coming from. Speaking as a lawyer, I do want to uh, point out we're uh, recording this on what the national calendar says is National Greasy Foods Day. Um, you wanted to, I think, make the case for the Mount, Mount Rushmore, what you're putting on Mount Rushmore of, of greasy foods. Because we got into this the other day a little bit, and you automatically put pizza on there. And I, I was like, pizza's not making Mount Rushmore for me. I, another thing that I think may come up more than once today is the multiverse. 
And <laughs> what I think uh, is going to be relevant to this example is not like what if there were a Mount Rushmore. In one of the planets, you know, one of the universes, that is what Mount Rushmore is, is for carved in stone examples of greasy food. I mean, now that you've mentioned it, yeah. now that there is a, a universe where that, that exists, right. now that you've mentioned it, yeah. you've brought it into being. Exactly. So, I mean, you go to, you drive across the country, you're in South Dakota, like we got to hit Mount Rushmore and it's for greasy foods and, and they're beautiful. And it's the most, is but, that no, not, come on, you're not gonna bother with wall drug at all. You're no, free gonna, ice water, what, what is that? Exactly. No. Uh, yeah, of course I said pizza was on the Mount Rushmore of greasy foods. What, what is wrong with you? What, what do you, <laughs> what? Not all pizza is greasy. No. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> it's got cheese, my guy. <laughs> cheese look, has look. grease in it. <laughs> I'm look. just saying. Oh, I, 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 I love just, the fact I, that Barker. Uh, well, uh, uh, here's the thing. When I thought about the Mount Rushmore, I because with any Mount Rushmore, you're like, well, here are the ones that are unassailably going on there, which immediately reduces the number of spots you had. And so for me, I was like, well, fried chicken and French fries, boom, that's one and two. That's one and two right there. So now we're left to two other spots. Uh, burgers? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm putting pizza ahead of burgers? I don't think so. It's burgers and pizza. What, like, what, burgers what else and would pizza there be? are one and two. And fried chicken. You could go one, two, three on any of those. There's no wrong answer for fried chicken, pizza, and burgers. What are you, what are, what are you going to be like onion rings? Come on. I, I, and and as, as awesome as fries are, I'm, I'm thinking more of an entree here. Then uh, I mean, fries make a unbelievably strong case. I mean, uh, but as a non-entree food, and I'm, yes, we've all ordered fries as our main meal this, at this, some yeah, point this is in the, our this, lives. This is the part of the conversation for those scoring at home where I'm switching from coffee to scotch. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that is that because you're so assured of your rightness that like ah? Uh, I don't think pizza's on the like, list. I really don't. You have opinions I, either about Either because food. it's not what? greasy yeah. or that it is not one it's of the too, four best. It's, it's, it's too varied, and in most of its, in, in many of its iterations, it's not that greasy. Okay, can I bring, can I bring this back to investing for one second? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I suppose. Okay, so we were talking about, my friends and I were talking about Domino's the other night, and we looked up how much pizza in dollars Domino's sells per year mm -hmm. and it's something like 14 billion dollars in pizza and if that doesn't convince you that pizza is on the greasy food Mount Rushmore I don't think anything will all right that's a, it's, it's a good case it's a good case I'm just saying I've got I know what my first three spots are well what's your fourth if, if pizza's not making it on on the basis that you can have a delicious pizza which is not that greasy Right. This is a talk about, you know, a lawyer's argument. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, what, what are you putting in front? I mean, onion rings might be there. <sighs> wow. Wow. It might be there. I yeah. used to respect you. <laughs> <laughs> you did not. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm thinking tacos. Okay. So this is where like, I would cut in and say that tacos don't necessarily have to be greasy. <laughs> Nachos, nachos have to nachos be nachos. Yeah. Yeah. No, you nachos, put them nachos, of nachos in front, if you're front of pizza. From, <laughs> for greasy food day, pizza has. Oh, p there's got to be a national pizza day. Yeah. There is. Yeah. 
Pizza's got its own day. You know what you could do with national... Like, well, well but, but the thing is, it doesn't they mean... Get its, it gets its own Mount Rushmore. Pizza should be celebrated yeah, on many, man. many national days. <laughs> uh, now, it's not just National Greasy Foods Day. It's also World Pasta Day. Okay. We could could cover that. I don't know. No? No? <laughs> Irish guy over here is like, there's only one kind of pasta that it's I've heard it's of. It's called a potato. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what else do you have on your list? <laughs> I, I have, I have French fries of pasta. <laughs> I, I have something, um, and it's because I, I spent a lot of time. I was on a couple of road trips, and so I listened to a lot of um, Smartless, uh, that podcast. Yes, uh, and and great speak, podcast. Speaking of Teen Wolf too, uh, Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, Sean Hayes, and absolutely speaking of affectionate hostility. Yes, so uh, yes, uh, both uh, you know relevant to what we've already covered, but. So many of the guests, when they have the, the comedians on, uh, have an improv background, especially like if they're all the Canadians, s- Saturday Night Live. <clears throat> yep. Basically, that's the shopping grounds for, for yep. uh, the talent that arrives on Saturday Night Live. And you did improv. I, I, we've never really talked enough about that. I mean, do uh, some now. I, th- I, th- I think you just. I think you just did. I think that's enough. No, like, what did you say? Something funny. <laughs> what did you? What? What can you remember? Learning from that experience, so, other than just going and having fun and doing. And this was in college. You this was in college. You were not a professional, technically. Although or you were a professional. Uh, for the year after I graduated, I was. I spent one year in uh, a group that I believe is still around, Improv Boston. I t- did. I tell you. I, I've told you about the the one night where we had a famous person in the audience. No? No. Well, you're going to tell some people. Okay. You're like, you probably told us and we forgot. No, that's, yeah. that's probably it. So, um, Have you heard your stories? <laughs> we've, uh, so we, we would perform uh, Friday and Saturday nights um, uh, in a section of uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts, Inman Square, which you've probably been through. Uh, just if you, if you spend any time... He wouldn't remember. In or around Tufts. You've been through Inman uh, Square. Only, anyway. The only times I've spent in Cambridge was to, you know, perform hostile acts on <laughs> local universities. Um, so, so it was a Saturday night. We had um, a, a good audience. We had like, like, like they, good it was in size or good in energy? Both. Um, and it was not a particularly big theater. And we didn't really have money to advertise. So, like, any time this small theater had a lot of people in it. It was like, holy cow, this is, this is great. So, um, well, they, were here, they were there to see something else. They, there was they a were probably scheduling. It was like, oh, the movie was sold out. Well, there's this five bucks gets you into the Improv Boston <laughs> show. So we, and so, uh, we go, we do the show, the show goes great. And, um, when the show's over, um, there are a bunch of people milling about. And one of them is this young woman who, had been at the show before. I'd seen her in the audience before. And so um, I ended up chatting with her. And, and I was like, yeah, I, I sort of pointed at her. I was like, you've been here before, haven't you? She said, yeah. She said, yeah. The, uh, she said, great show. I was like, oh, thanks. And she said, my cousin really wants to meet you. I was like, oh, okay. Well, great. Um, and so... Uh, this and her name was Carrot Top. <laughs> <laughs> and so this guy comes out of the men's room, 
um, comes over to me. Like, had, had, he, had he washed his hands? What he, uh, <laughs> I, I can only hope he washed his hands. She, she waves him over. He comes over, and, uh, and he's got beer on his breath, but he's very enthusiastic. He shakes my hand. He's like, hey, man. He's like, you were great. He's like, that was a great show. He's like, you, you were great. You, I mean, that, that was just, you were great up there. I was like, oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. He's like, yeah. And then uh, th- there were other people in their group. And so he goes and he talks to someone else. And, and uh, I turned to her. I said, that's your cousin? And she said, yeah. And she sort of like has that expectant look on her face. Like, you know who he is. And I was like, I, I know. I don't, I don't recognize. I know. And she said, he's on Saturday Night Live. And I said, oh, uh, what's his name? And she said, Chris Farley. And I was like, oh. And now I had heard the name Chris Farley. He was new in the cast that year because he and Chris Rock joined at the same time. And uh, so I, I knew the name, but we were performing on Saturday night. So, And this is before YouTube <laughs> or the Internet. Or, or television. And uh, so, <laughs> so I had not seen him perform and uh and so then people start to disperse and there's just a few of us and there was this dive bar at the end of the block we would always go to after our shows just to sort of hang out and relax and and uh and so chris farley says uh so do you guys want to like go to a bar or something and i was like yes like just kind of louder farley (laughs) no 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 no, not even that not even like yes it was just sort of like i was ready to go i was ready and i enjoyed hanging out at the bar and at this point and this may be hard to imagine i didn't really drink um i would (laughs) i would just go and like i would have a coke i would literally just go and have a coke but i liked hanging out with other people in the cast and talking after the show and so but he's like so do you guys want to go to a bar or something and i'm like yes and he was standing next to me and he reaches up puts me in a headlock and points to me to the rest of the group he's like yeah this guy wants to drink and i was like i don't know what's happening here but can we please leave so we go to the bar and i'll wrap this up basically for the next i would say hour and a half we're at this dive bar in inman square and every 20 minutes or so um chris farley would walk up to the bar put some money down and then walk away from the bar with, I don't know, eight bottles of beer. And he would just hand them out to people. Just like here. Like he was just buying drinks for everyone. And by the end of the night, I had three full bottles of beer in front of me. And I was like, I don't, does anyone want this? <laughs> what I'm hearing, what I'm learning is that you were that close to being on Saturday Night Live. He was there. God, he did was you scouting, mishear that? He was like, <laughs> and if you had just sat down and had a couple beers with, with Chris Farley, yeah. that would have been the... Get over uh, yourself. I was, I was going to say he was that close to being cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Did you learn anything else? Like, uh, like in terms of what you do today or anywhere along the way, skills that you learn. You, there are things in improv that you have to learn. You don't just... You know, anybody can't just go up and do it. You, you learn to stay out of scenes until a certain point and when you should come in and, and all that. Like, because I've noticed that uh, one of the things that you are supposed to have learned in improv is that when the like, a scene is going well and doesn't need you, you don't come in. And I'm wondering when you forgot about that. Uh, I mean, I, pretty quickly after I was done. Sorry, pretty yeah. quickly. I mean, about the time I joined the Fool, I was yeah. like, I don't have to do that anymore. I, that's right. I'm coming in all the time. That's all there is to Whether needed or not. My line, my line. I need it. Exactly. Should we talk about what, uh, what we're drinking? 
Absolutely. This is wonderful, by the way. Yes. So, thank you, first of all. And this is, I'm, I'm going to let you say the name because you have the story. You know the. It's Royal Lochnagar. It's from, it's a Scottish whiskey. This is a 12 year old. The first time I had Royal Lochnagar was at the Dubliner resta- restaurant right down by Union Station in Washington, D.C. And we were. We were at the bar, and I looked over at the very end, and there was this one bottle that was, like, covered in dust. <laughs> so I asked, we asked the bartender, well, what's that there? He goes, that. So he pulled it out, and uh, and it was it was a, royal, a bottle of Royal Loch Nagar, probably three-quarters full. And we're like, well, what's the story? He goes, I don't know. I don't even think it's in our system. Nobody's ordered it for years, and it just sits here. <laughs> So we're like, obviously, we're going to have a round. This is what's happening. And it, it was wonderful. And so, and then so we drank way too much of it. And we were just like, how much? He goes, I don't know. <laughs> Dollar. Oh, it, it literally was not in the... It was not in the system. It had just sat there on the bar, and nobody had noticed it forever. Oh, my God. And so it's very hard to find. This bottle actually came to us from... Scotland, which I know they all do eventually, but I had it shipped over specifically. You got a guy? I got a guy. Nice. Yeah. Thank for you. this. It's it's wonderful, isn't it? It is. And yeah. it's it, it's uh it's a nice reminder cuz uh you know, you spend enough time in enough bars. If you look if you look at what's back there, eventually you're, you're... going to see a dusty bottle. Yeah. And it's either a hidden gem like this or it's something where it's like, or "Oh, it's... that's Gasoline. Or it's Malort. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys ever seen, like, the Malort? No. So, so Malort oh, is God. a... Don't even talk about Malort. Here we go. <laughs> I, don't, I haven't uh, even I think, heard here of we this. Go. I think we may have talked about it. I don't know if we have. So if you Google Malort face, Jepson's Malort is this alcohol that's basically only sold in bars in Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. And there, and it's, it, it, it tastes like sorrow. Like, oh. it's... It, it's basically what bartenders close their night with, and, and their ad campaigns are things like, when you want to unfriend someone in person. Yeah. <laughs> or tonight's the night you fight your dad. <laughs> <laughs> like, the greatest ad campaign ever. Yeah, if, if, if we have any of this uh, coming on, we're outside. We are Beautiful outside, yeah. uh, location Beautiful here yeah. in uh, your backyard. Yeah. And, uh, but it, the wind has picked up a the, little bit, so we hope that... Yeah. Uh, Makes it sound like we're out on the tundra. Did you guys uh, do anything with the song thing? Like, most of this, by the way, is improv. But I, I, there was one or one or two categories where we, had we bit, actually we had bits. discussed where where we would talk about things. Um, and uh, so, did you? Uh, you got something? No. 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 You, you think you can come up with something? You're an improv guy. Well, You'll be okay. Yeah. What are you, okay. funny? Yeah. Well, why, don't you, why don't you set up the premise? Well, we were talking about the multiverse before, or. I was. You were. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, I, I think that the origin of this was we were uh, we were all working at home uh, and, and a song came on and uh, it was uh, Stevie Wonder's uh, Superstition. Mm-hmm. And, and I just think I, I slacked you guys or email like just spur them out like, where does, th- where does Superstition rank all time among songs? And I think... Uh, it was like top 20 all time for both of you. One of you had a, like five or something. I had it. I had it. I'm not sure five. I was going to go with, with five, but that, that gave me a little bit uh, more confidence. And so in the multi, so you've got to go in front of an audience and they're, they're chosen from 
We don't know where, what time, somewhere over the last two to 300 years to the next two to 300 years. Right. Uh, they're all from this planet, but uh, speak different languages and as many different backgrounds as, as might be uh, considered here. And, and you've got to bring a song to them. And your life depends on getting this right, that you've brought a song that they're going to rank above the other the other people who are competing. Uh, and, and so it's got, I don't know what sort of criteria you think is going to save your life in this situation. I don't know why superstition is going to save my life, but I'm pretty sure it will, because I don't think that you can possibly bring a song that is going to be better to this multiverse extracted audience than superstition. It's a good one. It's definitely a good one. I think you had a it's not best even song Stevie of all time. It's not even Stevie Wonder's best song. That, yeah, but that's that was, that, that, no, that that was, was my point. But the, the thing is, it doesn't have to be like it's just got to be. It's got to work on a visceral level, in a way, in a way that you're going to put it up against anything else. I'm not saying it's his best song. I'm just saying. I think I think I got one that beats it though. It's "I Want You Back" from Jackson Five. I mean, that's the kind of song that might 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 work for you. Uh, certainly, going through uh, Michael Jackson song of all time. I uh, think. I think something like Carmina Barana by Carl Orff, so they know we're serious, right? Like, <laughs> wow, you're, you're dying. You're, 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 you didn't value your life as highly as I thought you did. Bill's, Bill's like, I ain't going to win this, so I'm going to go out in style. Death wish. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> I'm here to show you how smart I am. Um, so on the NASA website, they have a list of the music that they put on the so, Voyager. So you're cheating. I get it. No, no, no. Go I ahead. just, I just <laughs> thought. Mr. Improv. I just Let me thought. do a little research <laughs> yeah, before Mr. I answer Mr. your, your Mr. question Prof. that you've already asked me a he's, week ahead of time and I didn't do anything. I'm, I already want to argue against the validity of this response. I just want to, just want to lodge this complaint <laughs> no, right now. I'm not, he's dead. Why bother? I'm not picking, uh, I'm not picking a, a song from here, but I just find it interesting, the variety. Of it. So it's like uh, Brandenburg Concerto Number 2 by Bach. Also, not as serious. Johnny B. Good. Yeah. Chuck Berry. Okay, that's a good one. Um, you know, The Magic Flute by Mozart. Uh, the, nothing by Falco the, on there? The, I, I don't know. No <laughs> the, only, the only popular music in Rock here um, is, is Johnny B. Good, which also, when you think about how that song begins, that, that hits you on a visceral level. It does. Are there any of the songs on the list that you're looking at where if it were put in the hands of aliens and they look, listen to it, they're like, we've got to end that civilization. Is there anything that I'm, you I'm unfamiliar Saturday in the Park from Chicago. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, hear, I hear that song. I just see red. I hate that song. I hope you dance. <laughs> I'm unfamiliar with most of this music. So um, we built this city. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the aliens hear that and they're like, well, let, let us help you out with but that. But it's called Starship. They must know what they're doing. They must be defeated. Wow. Exactly. Yeah, that would get us in trouble. Who voted for the list of songs in the Voyager thing? Uh, they don't was say. Was it voting, or was it just like an arbitrary decision? Bunch of NASA scientists. Bunch of, <laughs> you, know. Uh, you know what? Uh, and given um, the, uh, the business of musical rights, 
uh, I'm uh, guessing a lot of lawyers. Right. <laughs> it was it was space nerds and lawyers That's who right. came up with this list. <laughs> yeah, our, our, our planet's foremost musical experts. <laughs> now, how are you feeling about taking out Tom Brady instead of the lawyers? I, you know, I'm still I still think I'm good with taking out the lawyers instead. You know, Tom Brady is still winning games out there. He is. He's he's, he's got tiger blood. Top five robots in TV and film. Neil in Rockville. Shout out to Neil in Rockville. Which is, I mean, there there are a lot of different ways you can go when you're talking about TV and film robots. You can go most powerful, mm. most helpful. Do androids count? Uh, they're robots, aren't they? I guess so. Yeah. 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 Okay, but we have to we 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 have to set a couple of. Do we? we? No. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. It's a pretty open-ended question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I. I, I well, the worst TV, is TV the, and movie robots, right? TV and movie robots. Well, let me just uh, like open. We'll open up the line here. Is Ultraman in there? Wh- who or what is Ultraman? Wow! From the the Japanese live action show in yeah, the eighties. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think you're the only like person 60s. who's watched that. Sixties. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, you had to be watching <laughs> like the eighties. You had to be watching reruns <laughs> on UHF in the seventies. Yeah. But you guys didn't have Ultraman. No. Wow. No. What did you play as children? You couldn't play Ultraman. Wow! You know, it's Superman. Did, Superman Super- did pretty well for a while. You would, if you Captain had to t- take on a giant, like radioactive created turtle, you would have no idea what to do. No moves. No moves. No moves. It would Jack made in three. Yeah, that's probably true. I think uh, I'd so, let somebody else take care so of that. So yeah. Ult- Ultraman's not on the list. <laughs> if I mean, yeah, if I've got five I mean, robots, I'm sending one of the other robots <laughs> to deal with that thing. Open up with a robot that you're going to, and then we'll see where where sort of style we're thinking about. Uh, I'll go with Eve from Wally. Oh, oh my god. Okay. No. Yeah. No. No. Not a classic no. robot. No. Not no, you got to go robot. with Wally from Wally. Yeah, if you're yeah. going to go with a robot from Wally, Chris, I think I think you've missed an obvious choice there. And I don't see Wally making the top 5 either. Wally's not making the top 5. That's why I chose Eve. <laughs> Eve is so much more advanced and powerful. What are you kidding? Do you like yeah, talk, do you even hear yourself? Talk about an entrance. <laughs> Eve shows up at the beginning of Wally and immediately starts blowing things away with her ion cannon arm or whatever the hell she has. Uh, I don't. I'm not with you. All right, I'm not with you. In Go my world, enough. In my world, C3PO comes in last. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> the yeah. world, the most annoying robot ever. And by the way, because he's a robot droid, programmed to be that way. Yeah. Like what kind of vengeful. Oh, yeah. Twit yeah. programmed yeah. that thing to be that way. We, we need this guy. We need this robot with, with with comprehensive knowledge to have zero social grace whatsoever. Right. I say that accurate. you're only looking <laughs> looking at that uh, through your more mature eyes. And when uh, 3PO showed up on the screen, he the sucked first when time. I was 12. <laughs> I, I think you liked him back then. You probably had some 3PO pajamas. I had, probably. I had, 3PO, I had 3PO underoos, yes. Yeah, yeah. Went out as 3PO a couple of Halloweens, never, maybe. Never. And, uh, no? Never. Dan, what do you so got? We, we, don't, we can't get to one. Uh, I, think, I think Data from Star Trek The Next Generation is up there for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I, know, I know he's an android, which is why that I qualified that. I'd also throw uh, Bishop from uh, Aliens. Uh, the uh, uh, James Cam- James Cameron, I think, did the Aliens movie. Not Ridley Scott. He yeah. did Alien, but the second Aliens yep. movie. Lance Henriksen played him. Yeah, uh, I think I'd throw him uh, up at the top of the list too. Um, I guess synthetic beings, you'd you'd call them, yeah. not necessarily robots. 
Um, and in terms of television, I mean, it's a smaller universe. I mean, it's it's. I'm not the saying Terminator. We haven't even talked about the Terminator yet. I'm not saying she goes on the list, but it's hard not to um, immediately have Rosie. Uh, See, that's where I would pop go. to mind. Yeah, helpful. She's a maid. Sure, everybody likes Rosie. Yeah, it's just uh, top five. Top five. You're thinking? I don't know. Uh, you, you, by the way, you, you do realize we are closer to when the Jetsons is set than we are to when the show was on television. The show went on television in 1962, and it was set in 2062. We're not going to make it, are we? We're, well, we're not going to make it to Rosie. We're not, we're not going to make it oh. to, I'm going to fly in my uh, space car and then hit a button and it becomes my briefcase. Yeah. Okay. Um, that was a pretty good move. That, that's, that's some good physics right there. I, do you, if you had to pick, would it be Terminator or the Terminator who showed up to get the Terminator? I think it's got to be Terminator from Judgment Day, from T2. Yeah. The Terminator who showed up to get the Robert Patrick Terminator who showed up to get him. Oh, absolutely. Robert Patrick's performance in that film was chilling. Yes. It was amazing. It was incredible. Also, advanced technology. Yes. Much Uh, like Eve and Wally. (laughs) (laughs) Check. (laughs) Mate. I got him right where I want to see that. That was improv. That's what that was. <laughs> that was no prov. That was improv. Uh, Who's winning? The, the Terminator or Eve? Well, Eve can fly. Yeah, but Robert Patrick, he's got the killer instinct. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, yeah. Well, he couldn't even beat the Schwarzenegger Terminator. Well, well, I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, it was it Schwarzenegger was, had help in that movie. Yeah, it was not a one-on-one right. fight. If it's one-on-one, if it's it's cage match style. Yeah, there's no chance. He's not winning that. I don't think you've ever watched a Hollywood movie. <laughs> Schwarzenegger wins that fight every single time, whether he's got help or not. Hey, but 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 movies the, the, aren't the, real. The help that he had was not all that, that impressive in terms of you know robot. Uh, you know, pyrotechnics. He's calling Sarah Connors not impressive. Sarah, I yeah. just want to point that She's out to the listening heart, audience. There. Smart Sarah Connor. S- smart, uh, you know, robot Terminator in her own right. Is but, that, is the first Terminator movie, that's like the, f- am I wrong or is that the first time, I know Schwarzenegger had the bodybuilding titles, but it, I, in my memory, that's the first movie where it's like, I think this guy may actually be able to act. Like, like weren't the Conan movies before? Yeah, they were but he before, didn't do but it. I think they just sort of yeah. those were kind of jokes, weren't they? The, uh, one, there was I mean, one beforehand, but that was beloved. That was one in part because of he's cast to play a machine. So when it's did like Twins come out later with, with Danny DeVito. Um, much later, eighty yeah. later, seven eighty eight, something like that. Love that movie. Yeah. Uh, brilliant premise. <laughs> no, no other comment here. Just no, love brilliant that movie. premise. <laughs> have, have you ever seen Metropolis? Not in person. It's on my list of cities to visit. <laughs> that's 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 metrocity is what you're thinking of. But that movie has, I think, one of the most yes. iconic uh, robots from all of, of cinema history. And we're not cultured enough to have actually seen it, but we're aware yes. of its importance. I yes. See, I, yeah. it, it, and then I think that that is as a prototype for how robots 
would look. There, there's a lot that descends, including 3PO, I think, Isn't, from that. Are you talking about the t- 1927 film? Yeah. And I had to look it up. So yeah. I don't, I don't, <laughs> like, holy cow. Yeah, it's, 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 he it's, has that at his fingertips? No. It's, it's a... I not we haven't seen it, but we're aware because we're semi-cultured. Yeah, but the that, poster that drawing of that uh, robot reminds me of the robot in the first Thor movie that gets sent down to Earth and just is I don't know thirty, forty feet tall, something like that. Yeah, the first Thor movie. Yeah, you mean Marvel Cinematic Universe's worst movie? <laughs> That oh, thing, I thing, don't think that's no, true. No, no, it is. It is. You watch that. Go We're, back and watch that the movie. The first every, Hulk. Every other shot is a Dutch angle. You know, uh, you know, off center. One of those weird yeah. angles things. It's so disorienting, so annoying. I will put. I will put my money on worst Marvel Cinematic Universe movie as the first Thor, even ahead of the second Thor, <laughs> which, which is also which usually terrible. Top <laughs> which somehow, uh, somehow no, the, that, that works. The oh, filmmaking I, in the first Thor is is just is it's god awful. So go, go back and watch. I it. think that the actually fir- don't don't waste your time. I think the, I think that the first Hulk was the was the one. The is that the Eric Bana? No, yeah, the, yeah, no, the, no, the Ang Lee no, one. Ed, Ed Norton. Ang Lee, wasn't I'm it? Pretty no, but not, sure. Not, was not sure that that's uh, recognized as Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, it's in the Pantheon. I think it's oh, sort of pre-Iron Man. Before we move on, do you want to just yeah, draw one more robot? Yeah. One more robot? Yeah. Um, no. Marvin the Paranoid Andro- uh, Robot from uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? I mean, a classic. I yeah. Classic. Yeah. I mean, in terms of comedic robots. The best. Yeah. yeah. One of the all-time. Uh, yeah. I mean, and some people would say 3PO's up there for comedic robots. No. They, but R2. Those people, those people are too. Oh, oh, of course. And actually, many many of the, the Star Wars what was universe the de- robots. Yeah, the, the depressed robot. The one in Rogue? In Rogue. In Rogue yes. One, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that was, that was the... That up. Uh, uh, for a sense of humor, that... Uh, that thing. That thing could play. That K- thing could play. K2SO. K2SO, yeah. Yep. It was Alan Tudyk who I believe yes. was. Yeah, Alan Tudyk, yeah. You just looked that up. No, I knew that one. <laughs> yeah. I also knew that one. We got a lot of cheating going on here. From Robin Hood was the robot in Hitchhikers. Andy McDowell? No, the uh, Andy McDowell. I'm just thinking about robotic actresses. No, uh, Professor Snape. Uh, Rickman, Alan Rickman, Rickman, Rickman. was uh, with the voice of that, it was, which was great casting. Uh, Norm Macdonald. Yes. Uh, not a robot. Not a robot. Not a robot. <laughs> Human being. Never, never played one that I'm aware of, but uh, unfortunately passed recently. Did, did you watch a lot of the, the clips? A lot of, find yourself uh, oh. catching up on old Norm Macdonald? I did. The yeah. Norm Macdonald jokes. So I, <laughs> I, I, one of the things that I saw him do was he was talking about, uh, I guess, that you never want to play the guy who's smarter than his audience. And that they, I don't know what in what comedian he was referring to somebody else having Dennis done Miller. that and where the mistake was. Could have, yeah. you know, could have yeah. been something like that. But that it was like, and that I guess it was the brilliance of, in, in his mind, as he was recounting it, Letterman, was that Letterman never did that. Yeah. Letterman, you know, played sort of like, what do I know? I'm, I'm kind of in it. But that Letterman was phenomenally smart guy who you know runs circles around everybody but um but that he he made it work because he he never yeah, yeah. seemed to be smarter than his audience stupid pet tricks which yeah. <laughs> you know it's like a brilliant guy and here are some stupid pet tricks right and part of the premise of <laughs> and, and let's bounce the watermelon off a off a trampoline yeah, the early <laughs> letterman shows is they've given us a budget 
these fools have given us a budget <laughs> and we can use it for the stupidest things possible, like uh, putting like a camera on the monkey that they had and the, yeah. the monkey cam. Yep, making a suit out of Alka-Seltzer and jumping into a pool. Sure. sure. Uh, many examples. They had the show where they rotated the, the camera <laughs> one degree, like every, you know, over the course of the hour, it rotated 360 degrees, and that's what you were watching was a, a you know, a show that was revolving. It was like being in a revolving restaurant or something. Yeah. Other. I remember watching that episode <laughs> I and initially that. being excited about it, like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> and then once it got past like 90 degrees, I was like, I, I'm having a hard time focusing <laughs> on the guest. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, this is why the Thor movie is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Batman. Well played. They tried it again. <laughs> Batman used to pull that off. Yeah, that was that yeah. was in the sixties. There were a lot of angles that were, you know, yeah, not, but that's but that show was fun. And reminiscent yeah. of the comic book. It was camp. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so uh, anything you learn from your Norm MacDonald uh you know, rabbit holes that you probably walked down uh, on YouTube? Um I learned the origin of the uh the moth joke on on Conan O'Brien's show. Did you do you, I do never you know watched the moth joke. Okay. So I have so you're this spoiler the, alert. Yeah, the the moth joke is unbelievable. So uh, the the moth joke is here. Let's play it <laughs> <laughs> in its entirety. So, so the moth joke is um, moth walks into a podiatrist's office, and the podiatrist says to the moth, "What can I do for you?" And the moth says, "Ah, oh, you know, doc, I'm so depressed. Uh, you know, I I just don't enjoy my work. It's just not fulfilling. I'm going to need more. This is going to take a while. Yeah. When, yeah, when, we're, we're now when, drinking more. While when Hill when, when Hill was telling that Farley thing, I thought like it was going to take uh, a third of the time that it did. Although, I mean, at least <laughs> at least there was a payoff. It felt there was a payoff at the end. It felt like the original length. Yeah. Um, so he's like, Doc, I'm so depressed. Uh, work isn't going well. I'm having trouble at home. My wife and I fight all the time. I'm just, I'm just so down. Uh, and the podiatrist says, well, it sounds like you need to see a psychiatrist. Um, I'm a podiatrist. Why'd you come to see me? And the moth says, oh, your light was on. <laughs> like, that's the joke. And it takes about 25 seconds to tell. And Not the way he does it, though. The way he does it on... Uh, Conan and O'Brien show, it takes seven minutes. It takes, they, they come back from commercial break and Conan is like, so Norm, you know, what, what, what's going on? How are you, like, how are you doing? Like, you know, and, um, and he tells a seven minute version of the joke with the exact same payoff that the 25 second version <laughs> has. And it just became this sort of, uh, you know, part of the legend of Norm Macdonald while he was alive. Well, he, I mean, he was throwing in like Russian literature references oh, yeah. in it too, as well. Yeah, yeah, it's this. Yeah, it's. A, I mean, it's a very extended. My version son, Vasily Yergachov. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and come to find out that the reason he did it was he had gone to Conan's show. He was going to do one segment, um, and then I think wh either they had someone lined up to to be a guest after the commercial break and that fell through or Conan just decided on the spot I don't want to go to this other thing I just want to keep talking to Norm and so Norm MacDonald finishes his first segment 
and is very surprised when Conan O'Brien looks into the camera and says to the audience, all right, we've got to go to a commercial break. We'll be back with more from Norm MacDonald. <laughs> and, and Norm MacDonald, like, they go to break, and Norm's like, what, what, what are you talking about? I don't, I don't have anything else. <laughs> and, like, the floor producer comes over and is like, yeah, we, um, we need you to stay. <laughs> and so I don't think Conan knew what he was going to do. And he just, like, the fact that Norm MacDonald took this old well-known joke extended it for the full segment threw in all these Russian literature <laughs> references um, and just became you know added to his legend in the process like that was one of those things where it's like because I've seen Norm Macdonald do things like do sets like his last set on Letterman which was brilliant and so it's clear like oh this guy he can he can be great in a theater. He can be great in six minutes of stand-up on Letterman, that kind of thing. And also, if you just throw an utter curveball at him, he can deal with that, too. So that, that's why you told that Farley thing the way you did. Because the next guest is not coming on. Exactly. So we were watching, actually right out back here, we watched Planes, Trains, and Automobiles yesterday, which is still one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. But that movie 100% would have been solved by iPhones. Oh, yeah. Like, none of that, none of those premises hold up yeah. in an age of mobile communications. Like, oh, the flight's delayed. Bloop, bloop. You're not rushing to catch the plane. You know. <laughs> yeah. Try explaining that to kids these days. Well, and that's... They don't know. That's why I'm, I'm curious to see what, um, you know, three, six, 12 months from now, any data we get from Netflix on the popularity or lack thereof of Seinfeld. Yeah. Because, you know, a, iconic show, but I, I don't know, do, do people, do younger people watch that show and they're like, oh God. Oh God. It's like, it's like watching Leave it to Beaver. It's, this might as well be set in the 1950s. I, I, well, I don't know because, I mean, the premise of the show, and I pointed this out before, is the same as this one, right? Uh, and yeah, and so we also have the data for the seven listeners for this. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the origin, the DNA uh, of Seinfeld, there's a very good essay uh, from about a decade ago about Diner, uh, and that it was the first movie that was really about nothing. The yeah. plot is not there's there is virtually no plot in the movie uh there's there's you know there's a wedding supposedly a little bit hangs on that but not much and and that it's just about the way guys talk to each other when they're hanging out friends it's it's a sort of an, an affectionate hostility thing and you know as uh, we mentioned here and and pointed to smart list you can go a long way in terms of at least guys entertaining other guys just showing that dynamic and and that's that's all that Seinfeld is. That's as well. true. Yeah. So you know, it's it's, it's timeless uh, in that in that respect as to whether any women ever want to watch guys. Be guys. <laughs> I mean, no, the, but just the, the, the most just of the <laughs> evidence would point to no. But you know, that's why they had Elaine. That's why Seinfeld could go beyond a guy's audience uh, on TV because they they threw Elaine in there, and boy, does she do a good episode of Smartless. Speaking yes, of, she sure yeah, does. Speaking of uh, of that show again, but but I mean, she's she could get pretty profane, which is which is a phenomenal dynamic. She and um, I think uh, Maya Rudolph also 
yeah. can play blue uh, yeah. with the boys, <laughs> you know, and, and, they, and shock them. And that the dynamic of somebody, uh, a woman going on and going further than they're comfortable, you know, participating <laughs> in is a, a whole added level of comedy that works. Yeah. For anyone who's watched even a couple of episodes of Veep. Oh, yeah. But it's like, oh, yeah, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. She can, yeah. <laughs> she can throw the profanity around with the best of them. That yeah. show is amazing. <laughs> it is. It really is. Yeah. And it's, and it's one of those shows that um, I'm sure there's been an article written about this. I'd like to go back and, and find out sort of like, is that one of those shows that, that immediately HBO was like, yes. We want this, or was it turned down by multiple places where there people are like, I don't think this, like, people are mean to each other. Like, who's the hero of this story? They're really, like, it's a comedy, but there's not really anyone to root for, really. And uh, just because for as much more data exists now about audiences and what they're interested in, that sort of thing, every year there's another story about, like, an amazing hit movie or TV show that everybody passed on. Well, I mean, look at Squid Game on Netflix right now, right? Who thought that the biggest show this year would be a Korean language show about a game that nobody in the rest of the world has ever even heard of? <laughs> right. Well, if you add violence to it, it can help lots of plot lines. True, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that was also part of the, the Seinfeld DNA. Is that violence? Not, violence? No, the, the, not, not the God, that would be. part. Is there a director's cut version? <laughs> that none of the characters are likable. That, that you're not yeah. rooting for any of yeah. them. You don't want to hang out with them. Um, and that the the extension of that uh, that that has lasted even longer. Although Seinfeld could have been on as long as it wanted, uh, is and I've never seen it. Uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Oh yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say curb your enthusiasm. No, because that's the. That, that's, well, I think yeah. there are. I, I haven't watched much of that's that. That's the origin story. New of, season yeah. of that show starts tonight on HBO. Actually, but you can extend this, this premise. Like, to you watch by these HBO. people <laughs> that you don't like. Yeah. Uh, in comedy, uh, I tried to watch. Did anybody watch White Lotus? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got uh, the first episode, uh, I watched with my wife, and at the end of it, I said, I don't like any of these people. That's I kind of the point. I don't want to spend another seven hours with Have them. Have you watched Succession at all? Yes. Uh, yeah. There, But I think there are aspects. Well, I'm interested in what happens to those characters. I think it's like some sort of uh, like modernist almost revival going on with with characters you don't have to like and bad things happening to bad people and just enjoying a little bit of like schadenfreude on the you know you look at it's always sunny like the, one of the one of the great things about that show is that no one gets better uh, as that show gets keeps going right, everybody, no gets, learning. everybody gets stupider everybody gets more violent everybody, everybody gets angrier and the jokes get more and more ridiculous it all ramps up it's only in one direction and that's part of the beauty of that show is that it's just awful people being awful and you can just laugh at them do you have any other topics I have one more you have one more is it good well it's it's from one of our listeners <laughs> and and everyone can decide for themselves. I like. Here's the thing. Here's the thing I like about this. It um, it it's reflective of a longtime listener. Um, so this comes from Luke, and it, it basically sets up um, a scenario. Luke sort of writes out this whole scene where like is the multiverse involved? 
It could be okay. if you want it to be. Okay. Um, see, now you're interested. <laughs> um, it sets up the scenario. It's like, hey, you wake up. Uh, you know, it's the before times. You go to work. Blah, blah blah. Someone grabs you out of your office, blindfolds you, takes you to a room, and you're at Mondelez headquarters, and they're they're sitting you in like one of those witness chairs. They got the bright light in your face, and they're like, all right, what should be the next Oreo? <laughs> I, I feel this was a question for you. This is your I have mine uh, thing. The, the Oreos yeah. the, and your hatred of them. It's a uh, blind I lo- hatred. I love, I love Oreos. Here's what I think, here's what I would challenge the people at Mondelez to do. Make the leap. Don't just, because I understand the business strategy of like, oh, if we do these other limited edition ones like the Lady Gaga one or whatever, then it actually serves to promote the best-selling cookies that we have. I get that. So take the next leap. Move into adult Cookies, alcohol flavored <laughs> oh, bourbon. Say, like porn cookies. No, we go. No. A couple ways we could go with this. No. I'm saying <laughs> you were so close to a good idea and you blew it. I'm saying it's like you hate money, but you could have made. Now look, the other guys here are going to run with this idea, and they're going to be selling these porn cookies. That you, at a subconscious <laughs> level, we're thinking about, and then could only express yourself in terms of alcohol. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying it was Chris's idea. Yeah, I'm the- saying a bourbon flavored Oreo would sell. You have to show ID to buy it. Obviously, they're in a special section, but they've got over in the cookie section, they got a promotion like, hey, go to, or you could sell them right there, but they need to get, uh, you, you have to show ID. I was thinking to buy the alcohol. Bailey's. Yeah. Would be a really good. Bailey's would work. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Marula, one of those. Irish Mist. Merlot. 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 Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. What was the thing you said? Amarilla. No, no, no. The Amarilla. Mar- Mallard. Mallard. Oh, no. Malort. No. 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 It's, no. It's, why do you hate how America? Do you, only if how you're you shorting Mondelez. Tell us yes. you've never had Malort without telling us you've never had Malort. <laughs> there you go. Not improved with sugar. I, I've, so for me, for me... I actually think it would be great to try an Oreo cookie that's actually made with dairy, right? Like they are fa- very famously vegan adjacent. Mm-hmm. Some vegans would would suggest that they aren't, but they're entirely manufactured. How about an actual, like, delicious dairy Oreo cookie, like an Old- actual cream? Yeah, not a cream. Not, in a, quotes. not a cream yeah. with a K. Yeah. Would you market those? How, how would you market those? Would you market those as, here's this new thing, or would you take an you, in-your-face vegans approach to the marketing? Just like, hey, not for vegan Oreos. Something like Oof. that. Okay. Yeah. So, I, I, I was actually going more wholesome, but I do appreciate the, <laughs> I do appreciate the affectionate hostility uh, of like... I'm saying, you know. I'm saying the marketing people at Mondelez are having that conversation. Oh, like, yeah. Now, yeah. do we want to take 10% of our marketing spend and make it like a, <laughs> like a viral, like in your face, to hell with the vegans? Yeah. No, I think, I, I think that would be incredible. I don't know. I remember there was a candy bar a while ago called a Yorkie. Which was just like a big bar of chocolate, and it was like, this candy bar is not for girls or something. Or really? you have to be a man to eat this. What? I just remember seeing it and rolling my eyes. Yeah. Just, uh, it, just it was so infantile. Dairy, dairy <laughs> Oreos absolutely are also for girls. I don't know where, yeah. I, I, I'm just saying, I don't know. I don't know if the, uh, the in your face, like, 
early 2000s, like, uh, certain people can't eat these. Crystal Oreos. They don't have the, they don't have the stones to eat these Oreos. Like Oreo dry. The only thing that, that comes to mind when I hear that is there was a Schmitz advertisement uh, for Schmitz beer, uh, local Philadelphia product, which went with, like, uh, Schmitz isn't for you guys if you like to read Shakespeare. You know, it was like, it was like, it was like the ad was literally like, it's for dumb or uneducated people, was or it uncultured was people. It, Schaefer, like, it was like the one to have when you're having more than one? Yes. <laughs> which is... <laughs> it's one of those things, like, I remember as a kid just being like... Wait, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, I, I'm sure if you go back far enough, you'd, you'd probably find somebody something that advertised like a great, you know, a great one when you need one for the road, right? <laughs> like, like the concept of, oh, you need one for the road would have been like a host doing somebody leaving his or her party a favor. Right? <laughs> hey, hey, you need one for the road. Yeah. <laughs> That's hey, true. That's a, hey, Johnny, drive we, home with this. How did we do that? <laughs> Try to finish it before you it's, get there. It's your, it's your car beer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people think we live in a dumb society, but there were previous dumb societies see, as well. That actually exists now. In New Orleans, there are drive through daiquiri stands, and you don't have to have someone else in your car. Ooh. And they are legit... They are legit, highly alcoholic daiquiris. As You're like somebody who's been uh, going back and forth to Louisiana lately. I, hey, I drove there five times in the last year. I didn't know about that. I mean, I knew you could, uh, you know, they're, walk walk out with them, <laughs> walk around Bourbon Street. I mean, I needed another, I needed another daiquiri, daiquiri stand on the way back every single time. <laughs> I'm not I know exactly out of where they are. <laughs> I can tell you which ones are good and which ones aren't. Promise uh, not to drink it until I finish driving, but exactly I'm not getting I'm out of my car. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's literally an exercise of mutual misunderstanding. Right? Like, do they, what kind of container? Do they come in? Like they, a giant cup. That looks like it might it, be a milkshake. Like a big gulp. Right. Right. It looks like a big gulp. But it is. And it is. Oh, it, 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 does it, it does it have like the small bottom so it still fits in the cup holder? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Because, I, you know, you see those drinks out on like Bourbon Street or whatever. The, uh, where there's these tall plastic containers yeah. that look exactly like a giant ridiculous daiquiri would look. Yeah. So these there's like some plausibility, some plausible oh, yeah, deniability. Like, uh, no, officer, it's just a big gulp. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? You just got a Slurpee. I, yes. And I also, I like driving on the median. <laughs> <laughs> you should try it, officer. 